Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Desk Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everybody. There are two market themes that have continued to gain traction in the market. First is that of a new version of U.S. exceptionalism that harkens back to 2018 and the 2021 version of a reflation trade. Starting with U.S. exceptionalism, in 2018, we saw U.S. outperformance leading to higher rates, higher equities, and a stronger U.S. dollar. Back then, the idea was based around a strong U.S. economy that outperformed much of the rest, much of the, rest of the developed world, attracting capital, which drove asset prices, as well as the Fed nudging policy rates higher. This time around in 2021, the story goes that with the U.S. reopening sooner than others, it, as well as the U.K., will outperform relatively and both countries will benefit. Again, seeing higher rates and higher equities, but the story does break down a bit when it comes to the currency. For sterling, we see further gains, but with U.S. policy rates low, a strong surge in U.S. growth portends better actually for the rest of the world overall should lead to more risk taking more generally and a weaker dollar, though it does depend against what. The second theme of reflation is related to this, that all economies, but especially the U.S. and U.K., will reopen and see a surge of pent-up demand especially for service sectors, and that will lead to a risk of increased inflation. This has only increased, the story goes, by additional fiscal stimulus from the U.S. and global monetary policy in general that will stay very low for very long. Well, personally, I think both these themes may have gone too far, and to be true, in truth, are a bit crowded. The issue is that both are premised on reopenings that are months away. It's going to be impossible to disprove these themes in the near term. Until we get the actual reopening itself, as vaccination rates increase, It'll be hard to dissuade people that the upsurge in relative U.S. and U.K. growth, as well as the related inflation risks, are overdone. So even though I think a lot of these themes are getting too much traction and have gone perhaps too far, when it comes to market trends, I think it's more likely that they continue rather than not. And it's at this point that I'd like to introduce our special guest, head of U.K. rate strat strategy, Theo Chapsalas. In addition to running U.K. rate strategy, he's also our inflation strategist. So you heard what I just went through, Theo, but you specific, but for you specifically, inflation expectations in the market have risen a lot lately. Do you think that's justified? And what's your outlook in the market inflation markets going forward more generally? Yeah, thanks, John. Um, the rise across inflation expectations is fully justified, and we expect this to continue in the next months of 2021. One of our key 2021 year ahead messages was to expect richer inflation valuations, especially at the front end of the US inflation curve. But before that, we need to provide some context. Inflation markets rarely reflect only inflation. For example, US inflation linked bonds or TIPS over the last decade have consistently traded at a discount to realized inflation. So the asset class was persistently cheap, but for three good reasons. First, lower liquidity relative to nominal U.S. treasuries. During moments of risk up, liquidity used to evaporate with flows heading into U.S. treasuries. So an asset class which is less liquid than U.S. treasuries needs to trade at a discount. As an example, sharp five years ago, on 11th of February 2016, tips break even experienced one of their worst days in recent history. On that day, intraday 10-year U.S. Treasuries rallied by 10 basis points and tips did nothing, leading to a 10 basis point break-even collapse. The second point on the cheapness of tips relates to the support from the central bank. 
in earlier years, we did not see a desire by the Fed to go beyond the inflation target or purchase a substantial proportion of tips to help boost inflation expectations. And the third point is that there is no real need for inflation protection in the US. Unlike the UK, where institutional investors must hedge real risk, US tips are seen more as a diversification instrument. But right now, it is different. TIPS liquidity has improved with the Fed buying around 7.3 billion of TIPS every month. The Fed aims for an inflation overshoot. We know that base effects will push inflation to around 3.2 to 3.4% by May. And even though it is technical, we expect inflation to stay at an elevated level for the rest of the year. There is a clear asymmetry of risks to the upside, so there are genuine reasons to hold front-end TIPS. While we push back to a structural inflation overshoot, say 30-year break-even rates, we can envision a short period of time when pent-up spending and the rise in commodity prices translate into higher realized inflation. Last but not least, a fiscal expansion of unprecedented magnitude and the go-big mantra could create unexpected behavior and inflation could wake up from a decade-long phase of hibernation. And this is why current valuations are justified and could continue to get even richer. Okay, that was very helpful. And that's market inflation expectations. But let's get to actual inflation itself, which you, you did touch on. But there's a this past week, a lot of stories that the risk, the U.S. risks overdoing it with this fiscal stimulus package, that that's going to lead to actual higher inflation. And I don't mean for the next few months, but over the medium term, the long term. Do you agree with that, that this stimulus package risks bringing in, or uh, I should say, overheating when it comes to inflation? Fiscal spending lies at the core of this inflation enthusiasm, so this is definitely a key question to bring up. The most important component is the composition of spending within the America Rescue Plan. Most spending, and notably the recovery rebates, will make the average U.S. consumer feel wealthier. So if there is a chance for inflation to overshoot, this should be in the next 12 to 24 months, following a successful vaccination of the population and with more optimism across the economy. But the other point to make is that from a diversification perspective, if both central bank and politicians are happy to make measures, to take measures to encourage inflation, it is more likely than not to show up. At some point, the too much money chasing too few goods becomes evident. Of course, technology and other structural drivers of disinflation may present, um, you know, and may actually uh, be here still. But with unprecedented fiscal and unprecedented monetary policy, we would face unprecedented stronger inflation, even if this is a case for just a few years. So while we have a clear case for inflation to be higher in the short term, the long term picture is not necessarily altered. Thanks, Theo. Well, we're going to find out more about inflation next week. We get inflation numbers out of the UK. And so we'll see how this story impacts both markets and the inflation outlook there next week. Thanks for joining me, Theo, and everybody have a great week. Thank you, John. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.